Welcome back to the Pondering Podcast. Guys, our- I'm holding a baby in my arms right now. This is our first episode. This is awesome. As parents. What? It's crazy. More or less, with a few. What is it called? Asterisks. Well, duh. But <laughs> that's actually some. I want to talk about that topic today. Okay. Got so it. we will do a whole in-depth birth story <laughs> episode yeah, trauma and yeah it was a little bit traumatic if you saw my birth video it's so special to me and so perfect but it makes it look like this magical beautiful experience and it was absolutely not that we should do like a halloween version <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> we totally could the, the story of how i lost more than half my blood anyways yeah we'll do that another time today i just thought it would be fun for us to talk about our first two weeks of being parents and how it's been and how we're feeling, all the things. All of it. Let's get into it. I'm like, we should give an update, but that's literally what this episode is basically yeah. going to be, is an update of what's been going on. This is a very special and fun episode to record. We try to kind of have a variety of moods and genres, and this is the the, the best one. It really is. It's happy. It's exciting. It's all the good stuff. We had an interesting conversation in the car yesterday about how happy we've been and how that's in contrast to when we lost Edie and how Edie plays into our life now. And so I think we could kind of touch on that stuff too. And we got a grunting, groany girl. We got a third host with us today. <laughs> so Matilda's here and... <laughs> there she is. She's saying hi. I don't know about you, but it's exceeded all of my expectations in the yeah. best way. I feel the same. We've both kind of shared how it's weird because we feel like she's always been with us and our life hasn't changed that much, but it's also changed significantly. Like that's been my feeling. It's these two completely opposite experiences that have meshed into one, which is like, oh, our life's kind of the same, but also like, holy cow, we have this living, breathing child with us that we love more than anything. It is overwhelming and almost like incomprehensible. And it's just wild. It is. And time has, it's just warped. If somebody would have told me it it had only been three days since she came home, I'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, that sounds right. But she's been here for two weeks. We've kept her alive for two weeks. We kept her happy for two weeks. I can't believe that it's been that long. But also, I feel like she's been here forever. And before we know it, I feel like we're going to listen to this and it's going to be like February. Because the holidays are always super fast, and this is kind of when that starts to accelerate, right? We're approaching Halloween, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's December. And especially us, we have so much going on this year because of her and just other things. So I was talking to my sisters yesterday because we were trying to plan logistics of holidays and the baby shower. And my sister just commented that the holidays are going to go so fast. And I was like, oh yeah, the holidays are here. It's going to be January before we know it. Ugh, frozen dreading. Tundra. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> for, um, for us in Utah, that means, I guess for most of the country, that means freezing Freezing gold. to death, grayness. We're already planning. We kind of, I mean, a lot of our trips are to escape the winter, but we're already planning. How else can we get out of the cold in 2024? Totally, yeah. Just have to leave. If you live in Utah, I feel like you just have to leave during the winter in order to survive. But again... I grew up in Arizona. I'd way rather be in the cold and the snow. That's true. Until it's been like eight months, <laughs> like yeah. it was last year. Anyway, I digress. I know. Back to the baby, which is what <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about today. What has been your favorite part so far? I was 
telling Kat how someone at work asked me that. What's been the, the best thing? What have you enjoyed most? And it kind of caught me off guard because the experience is so all-encompassing that I don't, I haven't really thought about specific things. But the answer that I gave, and I'll give again here, is that she's alive yeah. <laughs> here. But besides that is watching her expressions, watching her be human, I guess. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. No, but... But like, just like seeing her do stuff. She has the cutest faces <laughs> and the funniest faces when she's like trying to poop and stuff. We know she can't like control it, but when she's like smiling for whatever reason, it's just cute and fun to watch her. But like, more so lately, because in the last few days, it's been like watching her open her eyes more and start to observe the world. Mm-hmm. And just, like, see her seeing us has been <laughs> so fun. That's our favorite thing ever. We just keep being like, hi, eyes. We, we're always, like, it's so excited when yeah. our eyes open. My favorite thing is I have loved her meeting her friends and family and things like that. But I love that she just instantly relaxes when she's handed back to either Nick or I. Like, she or me. Nick or me. Yeah, me. (laughs) She just knows us and is most comfortable with us, and it just makes my heart so happy that we're her people, you know? Also her hair. Yeah, it's so cute and fluffy. She loved getting her hair washed. It was very cute. What was the most surprising? Oh, that's what I was going to ask. I think what I said earlier, I haven't felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. That's hugely because of you (laughs) and just how good you are at it. But even for myself as a dad, just... And I know that's because we've worked so hard for so long to get her here, but just how calm it's been and how, like, she's kept us up for sure, and there's definitely things happening. Like, she's, maybe we shouldn't name her Mary, because she's Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's just been surprising how normal it's felt. And I'm not going to say easy, because it hasn't been easy, but it's kind of been easy. That's what I, that was but what I was going like, to say. like, yeah, how easy it's been. It's just been so much easier than I thought it was going to be. And for people listening, I'm sure people are, that's a very polarizing statement. There have been times where you've been like, I don't know if I'm a good mom, or like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But it's been rare. <laughs> and overall, it's just been fantastic. Truthfully, I think we got a really easy baby, except for a couple of nights that she has had a rough night, but... She has to be woken up to eat in the night. So we're getting like full two and a half, three hour stretches and it's just been so awesome. So what's been the most challenging thing? Honestly, the most challenging thing for me with her being here is setting boundaries and holding boundaries. Explain. What kind of boundaries? We want her to be healthy and so just like enforcing Nobody touching her face and her just being, not being passed around too much and just like not, there's so many things that we can be, that we've been invited to and we could be involved in and just trying to decide like what is best for her and what we should and shouldn't be going to and then who is going to be involved in her life, who needs to be involved more and who needs to be involved less. There's been talk of boundaries around that which has been really hard that has been the most difficult part for me for sure but the not sleeping the diaper changes the crying none of that 
bothers me yet. I'm sure it could get crazy (laughs) and she might have a crazy sleep regression soon or whatever. I'm not naive to the fact that it could be hard, but it's just been really great so far. Yeah. As long as we're like our little family unit and at home and we're doing our own little thing. It's just been so fun. I totally agree. It's it's been challenging for me too to have to leave her because I Nick is back at work already. My job, we have I guess technically it's unlimited PTO, but like we don't qualify for parental leave or anything. It's just kind of like working with your your team and your managers. But I also have like pretty intensive training right now, which is just the way the timing worked out. And it's been good. Like yesterday I worked from home. It was fine. But today I was in the office all day. So it's been challenging to create new schedule and habits and routine. But yeah, setting the boundaries has been challenging because we kind of talked about like we didn't know how we'd feel. You especially didn't know how you'd feel once you had her and... We, we don't want anyone to come to the hospital, and then we don't want anyone to see her for like a week after we're home. And that very quickly changed, right? The second I pushed her out, I'm like, everybody needs to know how awesome <laughs> she is. We very quickly were like, let's just have everyone come see her, which was great. And I don't regret it, but then we kind of had to step back and be like, okay, we should probably have boundaries. We have to think more about these things versus just share her with anyone and everyone because my sister was wanting to come visit with her son, but the pediatrician told her not to interact with kids Mm -hmm. for at least a few more weeks. So that's one of those boundaries you're referring to, right? Is like, how do you figure all that out? It's a bummer because you like want everybody to meet her, but you also have to balance her being healthy and safe and listening to the doctor and things like that. As a dad, I'm trying to figure out what's my involvement, how involved should I be, how can I support... And I think we just had our heads down in a good way, right? We were so happy with everything happening, but then you kind of step back and we talked through a lot. And the more we talked, the more it brought things up that we were like, oh, we we need to think through these things. You really have to reevaluate because you're just doing things. And then you kind of step back and go, okay, let's evaluate how it's been. I feel like we're getting into routine. Now we need to start talking about the long term we were surviving for the last two weeks and now we've kind of figured some stuff out and now we need to plan how this is going to go moving forward instead of just surviving I mean we're both just trying to figure out our roles it comes really easily to me to take care of her but I also don't want to be her only caretaker that is a learning curve for you which is no fault of your own you haven't been around babies as much as I have I saw a quote today, I can't remember what it was, but about how we were mothers for nine months and you've only been a father since she was born. Like, it's hard for you to connect to the baby before they are born. It's an even more of a learning curve for you because you're like, oh, I'm a dad now. I need to accept that and figure that out. I need to connect with this baby who I've been disconnected from because my wife was carrying the baby for so long. And then on top of it, just learning like all of her cues, learning how to comfort her, learning how to change her diaper and make sure it's tight enough and doesn't leak. And just even figuring out how to get their little hands through their jammy (laughs) arms. So many different things that you just, we just have to figure out. And for whatever reason, that comes really naturally to me because I think I've had a lot of practice with other babies. So I feel like I can guess what she needs a little bit better. But I'm still not totally like, 
oh, when she cries like this, that means this. I'm still like fully guessing of here's a small checklist that I have of things that I think will work. I'm going to go through those things and typically those work. And so yesterday our conversation was just more about me needing to express when I need help so that you understand because you can't read my mind, but also being patient with you learning how to do all this stuff. And that's hard for me. (laughs) I think what we are learning is the importance of constant communication because I think what happened is we kind of not fell into certain roles in my mind I was like wow I'm really helping a lot but I also felt like there was more I could do and that's kind of what I asked that sparked the conversation so it's important to always be asking those questions and be telling each other how your experience is I think you were a little bit caught off guard. I think you thought I was going to be like, you're just doing great. And I yeah. was like, no, there's a million things you could do differently. And you were kind of caught off guard, which yeah, was hard. Well, it was funny because, and this is a classic Nick move, is I asked, what could I do better? And then you told me, and I'm like, you act like I'm not doing anything good. And you were like, well, no, you just asked what you can do better. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling you. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> again, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm doing so good. I've changed a few diapers and I... I wake up at night to see if I can help. (laughs) (laughs) The other hard part, though, about the newborn stage is there isn't a lot that you can do as a dad. I think a lot of it is you supporting me, and then you can change a couple diapers. There's not a whole ton that she needs other than food, and you can't provide that right now because we're exclusively breastfeeding, which has been going really well. She has gained all of her weight plus some like her birth weight. She is filling out her cheeks. She's still in preemie clothes, but she is getting close to getting into newborn clothes. In some brands, she can wear newborn stuff, but it's like a little bit big, so we have to roll her sleeves or whatever. But it's just so fun to see her grow and get bigger and be more awake (laughs) and stuff. I will say, though, the worst part is that her umbilical cord still has not fallen off. And we went to the two-week checkup, because they had told us it'll probably take 10 to 14 days. 14 days in, we go to the the pediatrician. Oh, yeah, this is not coming off anytime soon. Yeah. We're like, what? You got to be kidding me. So they put some stuff on. I figured it was called, but it's still there. It's yeah. so nasty. I know. I'm so over it. And it bugs her so much and gets in the way of her diaper changes and stuff. It's the worst. And I just want to give her a real bath. She can't have any of that yet. It's so sad. I know. Dang it. But hopefully that'll go away soon. I will say, too, I'm having this thought that, and you and I haven't even discussed this. So what is this it? is. This hot is off the press. Hot off the press. I guess just addressing how I feel knowing that she's a donor baby. Because we talked a little bit about that with Edie. It's definitely crossed my mind, but it, it doesn't occupy my mind. I love her so much that that doesn't keep me from feeling the love I have for her or feeling like I'm her dad. But there have been times when I'm taking care of her and that crosses my mind. I think I work a little harder to be her dad, but I just know that a lot of people that listen and follow us, and especially the men like that reach out to me, that's something that they ask a lot about. So, you know, rest assured that any, any way you have your baby, you're going to love them so much. You've just been smitten by her, which is just yeah, been so fun. Absolutely. The other thing that is really helpful is she looks a lot like you. People comment <laughs> that she has a lot of pond jeans. I think she's all pond and has my eyes is what I've decided. 
But her eyes are blue, at least right now. Well, like the shape of my eyes. Yes. Yeah, I did say she kind of looks Asian sometimes. Which people have always said about me, too. She has low-key Asian vibes. And I think she has my skin and coloring. I know I'm her dad. I love her so much. I don't have any doubt or concern. I'm not saying others won't, but it's not the genetics. It's, It's raising a child that makes you the parent. So anyway... It's been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you feel that way. It's the best. She just really is such an angel baby and is, I don't want to cry, but (laughs) she's just brought so much joy back into our life. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I felt this whole or happy since before our infertility stuff. It's just been survival mode, holding our breath. For the last three, four years, the last time I think I felt this happy was when we were first married and traveling the world and we didn't have a care in the world. (laughs) Everything was just so easy and we had everything that we wanted when we were first married and life really was picture perfect and I feel like we're back to that. We have everything I could want right now. Agreed. (laughs) I think we just became numb and got so used to feeling emptiness and mm-hmm. that just became our normal. That was our baseline. And so having her has changed all of that, obviously. And we've talked a little bit about there's sometimes where we have to pinch ourselves and realize, not realize how happy we are because we feel the happiness, but there's been a few things that we got scared and we're like, oh my gosh, is she breathing? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we were nervous to, to fall asleep when she was stuffy and then we go to the doctor, he's like, oh, that's totally fine. And we're like, oh, yeah, I guess this is just normal stuff that happens, but we're just so used to terrible things happening. It's been so fun to be so happy. <laughs> For sure. It's weird to say that. That seems like a no-brainer. It feels good to be happy, but yeah. <laughs> I just don't think we realized how deprived we had been because of our situations that just kept happening over and over again, just horrible worst-case scenarios. <laughs> she has mended, like all of the hard parts of our past, I think, including losing Edie. And I want to be so sensitive to this whole topic because I know not everybody feels this way, but I just feel like Edie wants me to fully enjoy having her and not feel sad anymore. I'll always miss Edie and always be sad that we didn't get to have these experiences with her, but Losing her has made these experiences so much more sweet and special that I feel like Edie, her memory, that's her purpose is to make our parenthood journey that much sweeter. And so I feel just mostly gratitude towards Edie and the experience of losing her. The other thing is I've felt, like you were saying just a minute ago, like there's been times where we've been like, is she breathing? How do we know she's breathing while we're sleeping, you know? And I've just had... The strongest feeling that she's just watched over really well. And she has this angel sister who's with her 24-7 and is going to make sure that she's okay. And that has brought me a lot of comfort. That's another thing I'm grateful for, Edie, for. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) But just a lot of my sadness towards that experience has melted away and just turned to pure gratitude Kind of like with your donor experience, if you're experiencing pregnancy after loss, it's so scary, literally until the second that they are in your arms. I thought that I had, I really did breathe a sigh of relief hitting 25 weeks and I felt a lot better, but 
since having her, I just realized how tense and scared and nervous I was that she wasn't going to make it up until the very end. And then she was here and I just was like, oh, this is the relief that I thought I was feeling. But this is like true relief, holding her and watching her breathe and having her here. And you mentioned our birth video. The videographer did so good at capturing that. Mm-hmm. Every time we watch it, obviously we were there and we experienced it, but you really see that moment of relief and yes, she's here, she made it. And like you said, anyone listening or following is going through a loss or had a loss and keep going because yeah. you're absolutely right. It all pays off and the sadness is always there, but it turns into joy and it sounds so cheesy. I hate that I'm saying this, but we really, and we believed this before, but even more so now that Edie prepared the way for Matilda to get here. And the other night, yeah, I remember we woke up in the night and I was feeling stressed about her sleeping and, and you said Edie's watching over her and that was a really cool experience. We have kind of transformed the grief and sadness and turned it into joy that's now wrapped into her and having her and there's no guilt but we know that that's what she wants for us and was always kind of the the purpose speaking of cool experiences you got another one i've got yeah i've got two well i guess it's one altogether but i think that Edie is so deeply connected to matilda no matter what. But some cool things that happened is once she was born, then you could hear the doctors and they were like, anybody got the birth time? And then finally uh-huh. somebody was like, okay, it was 523. And Edie was born at 352. So it's the same numbers, just like scrambled. And then we were talking a couple days ago and it hit me that Edie was due on the 18th of December and Matilda was born on September 18th. So she shares a birth month with Edie, because Edie was born September 4th. And she was supposed to be in an October baby, so she came in her sister's birth month, which I just think is really cool. And then for her to come on the 18th, it was special to have like Joy come on an 18th. I don't have days where I break down very often anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll get like briefly sad about Edie every once in a while. But the 18th of every month always a little extra sensitive now the 18th we're celebrating matilda's first month and then her second month and then her birthday and it'll be so special you did mention that to me but i didn't connect those dots of how that day of the month every month now replaces the sadness attached with that which is so cool and just to take it a step further with the the birth times I don't know if I shared this with you, and it's not that big a deal because it's only three numbers, but I was I realized that if you take Edie's birth time of 352, basically what happened was you took the three, which is the beginning, and moved it to the back. So it, it almost went sequentially. And we've talked a lot about ma- meaning making in the past, and we both briefly talked to a grief counselor after Edie, and, and he helped me a lot with that, making meaning out of things. And it's so cool to see and to choose and to make meaning out of all these things. But I don't know, those things are pretty wild. Oh, they're so significant. And I'm not saying we're making them up, I'm just saying it's so cool and special to to, to see those synchronicities. Uh, it's just been so special. I think people are kind of like, why are you guys out and about? My healing process has been fairly easy. I'm still like bleeding, but it's not any worse than a period. And we still go out when we're on our period. So I'm like, yeah. why not go out and do 
also we're sleeping at night. I feel like we are getting the best experience. Um, every three nights, it's there's no sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's nights. true. And then we don't do anything the <laughs> and next day. And then we day. catch up, yeah. Yeah. But it's just been so much better than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm super, super grateful for that. It's just crazy to think that I was ever pregnant and (laughs) I experienced all that. I had heard people say, you just forget. You forget about the pain. You forget about pregnancy. You forget how hard it all is. And I didn't think I would forget this quickly where I'm just like, let's, I mean, I want to just enjoy Matilda, but I also am like, I can totally do it again. Where during pregnancy, I was like, I don't think I can have another kid. This is so hard and so long and so stressful. And it just was magically erased from my brain. Two thoughts on that. Admittedly, going back to your comment about how we're up and about, that was part of our discussion yesterday is we need to choose to slow down because we've been very busy and it's going so fast. I don't know. I think we're doing a good job at balancing it, but we kind of just discussed making sure to intentionally be slow with our time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like spend time just straight up staring at her. Because we've gone on a few walks or hikes. They're barely hikes, but you know, technically in the mountains, paths, and she's on our chest and you can see her, but she's there, but you're not engaging. So I think we just want more time to just engage and just be. Yeah. (laughs) And the other thought, Kat, I forget how this came up, but you showed me a picture of you pregnant and you said to me, I already miss being pregnant. (laughs) So talk a little bit about the future and more kids and that timeline and stuff like that. I don't want to rush this experience with her (laughs) at all, but it's just truly been so magical that I'm like, I want to do this a million times over. Totally. And I can't. We'll explain some of that in our birth story episode. And I think that that's part of it to cut to the chase. The doctors at the hospital said that I should probably only have one more baby after what happened. I'm going to get a second opinion on that. And I hope that that's not the case. Yeah. But if that is the case, I want to treasure the, that next experience. I had every right to be nervous and scared and hate pregnancy this time around. But I want to have a redemptive experience because without the stress, it really was a pretty great pregnancy. I didn't have a lot so of symptoms. Of yeah. And so I think if I were in a better mental state, it would be another experience that I enjoy just as much as the newborn experience and then the toddler experience. I just love motherhood. This is all I've ever wanted Mm -hmm. and that's a part of it. So I'm just excited to experience it again, but not for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll take a little break. That's what you want more than anything and that's something we're really connected on. So it's been so fun to experience that. It is funny though and a little ironic and a little frustrating (laughs) that we overcome all this stuff and we both feel now, let's have as many more as we can. But there's so many parameters for us because obviously my diagnosis, you know, we, we can't try unlimited times. And then you have an experience of birth with, with bleeding out that they're like, maybe one more or you could die or lose your uterus. So yeah. again, we'll go into that more in the future, but it's been pretty wild. Like it never stops. <laughs> and if... If she ends up being our only kid that we ever have, I would be 100% complete and feel so happy. Yeah. She just is everything. I For sure. I just want her to have a sibling, really, is what all that is. But if she can't have a sibling, she's going to have cousins and friends, and it'll be great. And she'll travel the whole dang world if it's just us three. <laughs> 
Even if it's not. And it's funny because I feel like she's here. You want to treasure it. You want to be present. But you also think about your future. And you said to me the other day, I just want to get her siblings here now and complete our family. So it's like time kind of goes away, meaning like past, present, and future all kind of comes together. So now it's like waiting to figure all that out so that we can have more in the future if we even can. So lots, lots of more adventure to come for sure. Totally. But this has just been the best one yet. And I just feel completely whole and complete by having her. And it would just be a bonus for us to have some more. Last thing I want to talk about is people have a lot of questions about her name and how we chose her name and the story of picking her name. So this is Matilda Max. The highlights. <laughs> we have always wanted to name her or use the middle name Max, like our whole pregnancy, because it's Nick's great grandma or your grandma Maxine that we named her Max. Originally, she was Ruby Max, and then we kind of had no name for her for a really long time because we decided we didn't like Ruby Max, and we still really wanted to stick with the Max middle name. So we kind of stopped talking about names don't you feel? Or we would talk about names, but we decided not to decide on one. But every now and then one of us would share, what about this for a name? Because we'd hear or see something. We had kind of picked our top three to five. And then just kind of were like, when we see her, we'll decide what we want to name her. In the last like week or two of pregnancy, I felt very strongly that she was Matilda. And I was like, she's going to be Matilda unless mm. she comes out and I'm like, Absolutely, Matilda does not fit her. Which happened with your brother, so you kind of felt like that was possible. Um, And then she came out, and I still felt like she was Matilda. But I wanted us to both agree, and so we didn't name her until she was almost three days old. Yeah, it was the third day. We were still calling her baby and baby girl and trying to figure out what... It's hard to name a baby. And everyone asked, like all the nurses, have you picked a name? And we were always like, not yet. And I could tell Kat was kind of like, well, I have, but I just need to get my <laughs> husband on board. <laughs> well, because you started coming up with new names that we never discussed. And you were like, these sound cute. And this one sounds cute. And I felt like you were just coming up with names. You felt like Matilda was a name that I picked by myself. And I felt like you wanted to have some sort of connection to the name or like say in the name. And because I had picked it so much myself, that was your reasoning why you were coming up with other names because you kind of wanted to have a say. But I felt like the names that you were coming up with needed to have a meaning behind them and they didn't really have meaning behind them other than that. You just thought they were cute. Yes and no. Like to me, they had meaning, even if it was just made up meaning. I wanted there to be meaning from my perspective. But to back up a little, Matilda Max came to me in the car because you were trying to get me on board with Matilda and we we really both like Max as a middle name, but we hadn't put them together. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just dawned on me, oh, Matilda Max has a really nice ring to it. So I told you that, and then that got you more excited. So I wanted to mention that, but then also, I kind of just felt like I wanted the name to pick her, mm-hmm. which I'm sure most people will say that's unrealistic. I don't know, everyone's experience is probably different. Because with Edie, it was so obvious that it was supposed to be her name. But that was obviously unique because she was a stillbirth that didn't make it here. So it was very different to experience, this is a baby that's here that's going to live her whole life. And use the name. And use the name. And and what is it going to be? A lot of our top names we had picked before you were pregnant with her and discussed. 
that had mutual meaning for us. So yes, it did take me a while to get on board with Matilda, but it had so much meaning for you. And then what I decided ultimately was any name you give a child is going to end up fitting them. Mm -hmm. So I got on board and I love it now. We sat on the hospital bed, went back and forth, and our nurses were in the room and they were laughing at us because yeah. I was trying to convince Nick and you were trying to get on board. And then we finally hand shook it on it and they just thought we were so well, funny. because I said, I get to name the next kid. Because if it's a boy, I know exactly what I want it to be. If it's a girl, there's pl we have plenty of names that we both like and I have a lot that I, I love. So yeah. I felt pretty good about that. And that's what my parents did, actually. My mom fully named me as the first girl mm. and then my dad fully named Taylor, my little oh. sister. My mom had no say in her name. And she's a perfect Taylor. I was going to say, though, another another qualm I had with the name was I would say everyone's going to think of what? The movie, Matilda, which is such an old movie, but most people I've told have referenced the movie, which I'm fine with, and a lot of our other names were from songs. I don't know why I'm more privy to songs than, than movies, but that's not really why you chose that name. Right? No. I mean, now we've kind of connected some meaning to yeah. that movie, but maybe share yeah. what it really so, is. So, <laughs> originally... With Edie, people were guessing, before Edie passed and stuff, people were guessing that I was going to name Edie Matilda. And really? Because the Harry Styles album had just came out, mm. and Matilda is my absolute favorite Harry Styles song. No. Yes, it is. Of all his songs? Of all of his songs. Okay. Yeah. I cry every time I listen to it. It's <laughs> so good. I had said previously, and I know that I said this, people keep like trying to call me out, and I'm like, I know that I said this. <laughs> But that the movie tra kind of traumatized me. I didn't like the way that she was treated. Right. And that breaks my heart. But she was treated really well by Miss Honey, her teacher. And she had these magic powers and she overcame her hard situation. I've only seen Matilda one time in my life, like forever ago when I was a little kid. Naming her Matilda has nothing to do with the movie. But now that we've named her that and we've talked to people about it, and I've looked into the movie and the quotes from the movie and stuff. It actually, I feel like, fits her really well. There's quotes about how there's magic in that one. Like, she has magic in her. I mean, this experience has been magical. She's magical. I just think it's the perfect way to describe her. Matilda, the name, if you look it up, means strong in battle or, like, mighty in battle. I feel like we've literally battled to get her here. And yeah. she battled just as much to stay in and and get to the point where she is here and healthy and stuff. But really, it is the Harry Styles song. And there's so many lines in there that I'm obsessed with. And I want her to feel that way. There's a line that says, you're just in time, make your tea and your toast. I want her to never feel like she's a burden and that anytime she comes to us, she's just in time. Like if she ever needs to talk to us about something or she ever needs help with anything, she's just in time and we are here and ready to help in that time for her as soon as I'm done breastfeeding I'm getting a tea and toast tattoo, tattoo. <laughs> uh, because I just love that line and then the other one that I just am obsessed with and love is that's what I was gonna share yeah. um you can start a family who always shows you love oh. I mean that's the end chorus is he just says that over and over again and crying a lot in this episode but when my parents got divorced it was really really hard for me and We've mended a lot of things now and things are a lot better, but I really didn't feel love from my family for a really long time. And I had, I didn't put this together, but I had this adult in my life from church who was a leader in my church 
who took me under her wing, her wing and took care of me during that time and showed me love. And I would talk to her about how heartbroken I was about how my family was breaking up and I didn't feel love at home. And she finally was just like, do whatever you can to be the best version of yourself so you can just create your family that is going to be perfect and love you and take care of you and you can show your kids love. And that's exactly what this song is saying. It's like, even if you weren't shown love, And again, my family, I'm sure, listens to this episode and we've like healed and figured things out. But there was a period in my life where I didn't feel love and I felt very alone, especially in my family. And I never want her to feel that way. So I've now created my family that will always show me love. That's beautiful. And I just want to add my perspective because you talked a lot about this song as this, you know, right when that album came out and it's always been special to you, which I know you just shared, but. And I'll just add one thing. Edie's pregnancy, all of the videos we made, that album came out when I was 10 weeks pregnant. And I just have so many memories of listening to that album. So I feel like that's another connection to Edie is naming her after that album. So anyways, that was the other. So next week we'll get Harry Styles on the podcast (laughs) to share his perspective. No, but I was just going to say once we agreed on Matilda... I decided, okay, I'm going to get super stoked on this. So I started doing research because I've heard the song. I know, you know, some of the words, but I hadn't really looked deeply into it. And I discovered that this song is actually about Matilda from the movie as an adult. In an interview said that this song, he admitted, is about the character Matilda from the movie Matilda, which is a British book, which I didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> until we named her that and everyone started sharing that with us. It's a, it's a British book by Roald Dahl. He basically said, this is how I picture Matilda as an adult, which is so cool because it connects your experience, your personal experience with your family and the movie and the Harry Styles song that meant so much to you because of your experience. And the other thing I was going to say, well, the lyric that I love from that song hit us even harder is, you showed me a power that is strong enough to bring sun to the darkest days. So, you know, Matilda to us is like the sun that broke through the darkness that we experienced for the last three years. And the irony is now it's super cloudy and rainy out as we're recording this. And she's just our little sunshine. We've talked about getting that tattooed somewhere or or putting that in her room, right? The other thing I was going to say, my mind is all over the place right now. Oh, you talked about creating a family and, you know... The song talks about that, you learning to create your family, not even knowing we'd have to do IVF and Mm -hmm. literally create our family. We didn't, you know, have sex to get pregnant. We had to go create it (laughs) through IVF. So that's just another thing that's like, wow, that's so cool and special and gives so much meaning to her name. So... There you go. She's the perfect Matilda Max. She's <laughs> so. so, so special. And we just love having her here. And every bit of it, it has been magic, truthfully. And it's so fun because we're both just staring at her. Right yeah. Now. She just passed out on my lap in the nursery. Well, that's what we've been pondering for the last week. We've just been in newborn bliss. Again, we will eventually do a birth story. Maybe next week. Maybe not. I also want to do a Halloween episode with yes, like some myth stuff. So oh my we've got to kind of plan out the rest of the month. But I will admit it's October 3rd and I have not got my Halloween fill. And it's going to be over 
so fast. I thought you were going to say that it's Mean Girls Day because it, it is. It is. I saw that. I want to yeah. watch it tonight. Okay, you'll have to do that with Matilda. We gotta go, guys. We have to watch Mean Girls. I'm leaving Matilda for the first time tonight to go to my ah, mom's nervous. bridal shower. Nick's gonna do great. But you'll be back. Eventually. I'll come back. I also just want to say really quickly, thank you for all the excitement and love and support for her arrival. We have seriously felt so supported through this whole experience, but it's been really fun to have you guys celebrate her getting here safely and being just as excited as we are. So I appreciate that. We appreciate that. And we can't wait to keep pondering with you.